So when he wakes up the next morning, he's like covered in popcorn. His mouth is the Sahara. And he says, well, at least I'm in my own bed. That's really good. And at least I'm alone. At least I think so. And then he just yells, hello, out into into his apartment. And this is when I started thinking about my rogue tampon. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Oh, my God. I can already see where this is going. Okay, let's go. I'm Melody Carlisle. And I'm Sabrina Bradley. And this is Heaving Bosoms. This is the podcast where best friends recap romance novels and other kissing media that makes us swoon, snark, and refills our cups. Whether you've read the book or are coming in blind, we'll lay bare every delicious scene and revel in the tropes and subgenres that make romance amazing. All right, listener, strap in and strap on. Headphones are highly recommended. Okay. I'm here. I am also here. I'm here. I'm ready. I am, however, here by the skin of my teeth. Do you want to know why? Yes, absolutely. I can't think about anything other than gardening, which is well, that's really deeply unfortunate. Tough. That's deeply unfortunate because I don't know that a single plant gets talked about in this book. I mean, yeah, that's true. That's true. It's also deeply unfortunate because we are only in February. So it's not like I can really go out and do very much, although I have been doing a shocking amount because my entire personality lately is gardening. You can go piddle around in the dirt. Just like Yeah. No, I've been I've been shoveling, I've been moving, I've been reading about nothing but seeds and tubers. Well, not been, nothing, but I mean you basically. Just, you did just finish a four hundred and fifty page book. I'm saying extracurricularly. <laughs> Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> other than the, the other book that I just read, too. So I, I'm reading romance and gardening. That's what I'm reading right now. Period. The end. That's all I can think about. It's all that I'm interested in. I am an absolute mess. I'm sorry. Is that an IPB on your shirt? Yeah. It's the shirt that says, uh, read what you love and love what you read with an Ice Planet Barbarian in a clinch. Yeah. I'm sorry. Literally all I could. So listener, for those of you who cannot see, all I can see is like a blue head with horns, Mm -hmm. basically. And I was like, I like zeroed in. I was like, I think that's an IPB. It's an IPB. It is. They're in a clinch. They're in a dramatic clinch. Where did you get that? I am going to have to tell you that at a later date. Um, (laughs) I think they were doing a limited sale, so I'm not super sure. But it might still be around, and we can post the link. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Because it's it. one of my favorite shirts. I wear it all the time. I get a lot of looks, a lot of quizzical looks about it, but that's okay. Okay. 
Anyway, oh my God, I'm so excited. I'm so excited to grow all the flowers. And it's going to be pretty you much all it, flowers like you, this year. You are on like such an inspiration because I literally live on three acres. Like if anybody grows shit, it should <sighs> be me, right? <sighs> so like, <sighs> Sabrina, <laughs> <laughs> three acres. Yeah, I would die. I would die for three it would, acres. You would, you would have a fey wonderland. In oh, the- my God. I'm working with roughly 5,000 square feet. And don't worry. Oh I'm going to maximize it. But I, I would can't wait for a picture. lose my ever-loving mind if I lived on three acres. I might abandon podcasts and become a flower farmer if I lived on three acres. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Good Lord. <laughs> Well, I'm about to literally abandon podcasts because I hear a, um, this is mine. naughty? Uh, the dogs are barking as if one of them is like, this is mine, stay away. Uh-oh. And I don't want to know what is theirs, stay away, because there should be nothing. Right. Right. You didn't leave anything there. That's for darn sure. Listener, I'm like figuring out where I can put a fucking wisteria. <laughs> I want cherry trees. I want blueberries. I want blackberries. I... I'm going to do raspberries as well. I was I was on the fence, but it turns out raspberries apparently have wonderful foliage for like flower arranging. I don't know who I am, and that's fine. <laughs> I've decided that's okay. <laughs> we all go through phases in our lives, and this is my phase right now. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. And don't worry, I'm not leaving podcast, you know. But also, Use this as your inspiration to tell your friends about podcasts. Spread the word about podcasts. The more successful podcast is, the longer Melody stays. Hello there. I was just having a quick word with listener. I was just waxing poetical. About how you're going to go be a flower farmer instead of a podcaster? No, about how I'm not going to do that. Especially if they tell their friends and more people listen and leave reviews. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So... There was something that one of the dogs decided was theirs. What? Have I ever told you about how I'm pretty sure that my dogs have a secret portal that I don't know about (laughs) where they pull out unused tampons? Oh, wow. What? It's their favorite that they would prefer an unused, unopened tampon to chew on (laughs) than a used tampon. You know what? Like, thank goodness for small favors. I mean, it's not small favors because at least a used tampon has already expanded. Uh, I don't I don't understand that logic at all. (laughs) Well, if it's not expanded yet and they swallow it. Oh, they can misjudge the size and then it can get stuck places. Yes. Which is very expensive surgery. Luckily, we have never knock on. You know, I'm not even going to say that out loud. Yeah, don't. Um, Yeah, but I'm pretty sure they have a portal. I walked out and one of Christmas had obliterated an unused tampon and I legitimately don't know where she could have found it like where did you yeah that's incredible I bet they built their own little doggy door into tampon land yeah they fucking lion witch in the wardrobe themselves into the fucking (laughs) ads with all those women bouncing around oh yeah the frolicking ones white dresses you'd think they own flower farms they're frolicking so much Jesus. No, all sex. I just I, I don't under fucking stand it. How do they like? <laughs> I, I can't find a tampon when I need one, and then my dogs are just like, "Hey, 
Oh my god. Hey girl. That's incredible. Awful. Also, we'll Awful. get to it, but one of the one of the happenings in this book made me think about my rogue tampon story. And I can't wait to tell you. <laughs> what happening could have possibly You just get ready, my friend. Get ready. <laughs> I don't know that I am ready. <laughs> I'm, who knows? Jury's still hey, out. Hey, listener, guess what? This is the tampon episode, apparently. <laughs> apparently. At least it's not the poop episode, you know? You can't say that as if there's only one poop episode. That's true. Right? No, that's like, true. We're and that's why boys. people we're like four love year us. Old, we're four-year-olds, yeah. and we talk about poop a lot, okay? Yeah. It's true. It's, it's true. It's part of what's endearing about us. Any waiter. Any waiter. Any, <laughs> any waiter. <laughs> Anyway, you know what we get to do right now? We have people who have joined our Patreon. And so we want to say welcome and hey and thanks. And thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I hope you love all the shit we're throwing at you. Our Fifty Uh Shades watch party was so fun. I. That's going to be up soon. Boy. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Have you have you put up Breaking Dawn Part Two yet? No, ma'am. Listen, how dare you <laughs> come at me like that? <laughs> I'm just gonna say that that's gonna come up before Fifty Shades. Yeah, props, props will. Okay, all right. So, <laughs> oh my God, Mel was just hoping we'd all forget about it. <laughs> no, maybe yes. Okay, so welcome to Lack. And Porsche tea, or no, Porsche tea, right? Is that Porsche? I always say Porsche the car, but everybody else says Porsche. They Porsche the car. Guess what, though? I I know for a fact that I can pronounce the next two. Yeah. Welcome to Caitlin B and Call Me Little T. Oh, hey, Little T. Absolutely. Hey, and thanks to Kate I and Caitlin C. To Carrie L and Allison M. And then Lauren R and Catherine J. And Vivian M and Ellen C. That's Helen. Thank you. Helen C. Helen. Yeah, she likes the hard H on there. Helen. I've heard. C. (laughs) Helen C. Helen. (laughs) Hey, we love you. Thank you for joining the Patreon. Thank you for supporting us. And we thanks for appreciate it. playing in our playground. We like yeah. it when you play in our playground. It's really fun. That's, that is a statement that could Why? be taken a lot of ways. Do it. Take it however you want, listener. Mm-hmm. Okay? <laughs> that reminds me. Did I tell you in the di- in the Patreon Discord, the person, I don't remember their name off the top of my head because I literally just remembered this thing. I got consent for whatever the consensual embrace nuzzle <gasps> snuggle yay like whatever was, was. that the you one remember? with the tiny hump or was that something else yeah i think it was the person i was so <laughs> just grind on or some shit like that <laughs> they're like you have my permission that is so heartwarming i totally forgot, about, I totally forgot i had said that and oh. at first i was like what <laughs> i thought about it i was like when did I when did I say that? And then I was like, oh, that's some embrace shenanigans right there. It is. It really is. The embrace. Yeah. I don't know. This was a fun embrace. Anyway, 
Hey, and if you want to do our reading embrace this year, all the prompts are on our link tree and the website and all that kind of stuff. Uh Uh-huh. And right now, some of our favorite responses from last year are getting posted on Tuesdays and Thursdays, except for February 1st, because um, we did upload the February reading list. So it's too late for this episode (laughs) because... This is on that. On that. <laughs> <laughs> we are great at Okay, listen. Uh-huh. We read a really, really good book this week. Holy shit. I, it's I have a book a that I've been who, meaning to read. You know? Same. I Well, so I learned about it through my book club. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. And I'm actually the one who recommended this book mm-hmm. because on our reading list, like, we always do, you know, three Patreon voted books yep. from the five star rec list. And mm-hmm. then you and I will pick one or like one or two other books yeah. to read on top of that. And I recommended this one mm-hmm. because book club recommended it ah. because they what during one of the months when I was still getting my feet under me with like podcasting, I didn't go to book club for like a couple of months in a row. And one of those months they did this book and got to talk to the author at the end of the month. Nice. And they were talking about how fucking incredible the book was. Yeah. And wow, they weren't fucking wrong. No, no. She's got quite the way with words, you know? Oh (laughs) yeah. Her prose is insanely good. And this year, the music. Yes, I know. It was a it was a five senses book. Yeah, I could smell the smells. I could yeah. taste the tastes. Yeah, I could hear the things. I, I could, could feel see the feels. It, and I boy, I felt the feels. <laughs> I did cry. Yeah, multiple times in this book. Yeah, it's so good. And and it's it's funny that we did hard hitter in this like back to not back to back maybe back to back. I don't know. Yeah, it's gonna be back to. It's back. gonna be back to back. Listen, hitter, yeah. listener, we're we're in a recording time zone weirdness. Like we're time zone. <laughs> we're in a recording cyclone where we don't know. Yeah. I I can't tell what when we're recording and when it's gonna come out. I can't keep oh, it in my brain. Worry. Don't worry, Mel. I do know exactly when things are happening because mm. I did go down a hyper focused. No, organization. you may not. That's for banter for next week. Keep it in your pants, ma'am. Well, we'll save it then. Keep just your remember, pants remember on. to bring the cyclone back. You nudist. You're not wrong. You're showing listener all the goods at once. You got you got to piecemeal it out. Mel, I did almost come to this recording <laughs> in boxers. So anyway, moving on. This fucking book. This fucking book. So it's funny that we did Hard Hitter and then this book sort of back to back because uh-huh. like that was also a book where I was like, oh my gosh, I can feel the massage, you know? Yeah. And then this one, same thing. That I may have been, for me, music. that may have, frankly, Hard Hitter, yes, it was described very well, but it may have also just been wishful hoping and dreaming in my brain, <laughs> thinking about getting a massage. <laughs> no, truly. And then like I could feel the, like the euphoria of... Getting into the groove I with someone. went through every single emotion. Yeah. Like, this book, this book is a journey. Like, yes. Wow. Multifaceted, this book. Yes, especially because the non-romance plot is just as, if <sighs> not more important. And compelling. Like more, like, yes, that's the word exactly. I can 
convince somebody. I convinced my friend who doesn't read romance. Yeah. I started screaming about this book when I finished and he was like, well, that's a lot of praise. I'll have to read it. Oh. And I almost like I did scream alone in my house. I was yeah. like, ah, I got one. <laughs> and like, honestly, this is such a good book to be a foray into romance because the romance Agreed. is really compelling it pulls you in mm -hmm. it's amazing the grow like and the character growth between the two of them yeah but it is like a perfect mix of non-romance like there's another entire plot that is so important and mm -hmm. it is just her and what she's doing mm -hmm. but then the romance is equally important and is equally fantastic yeah yeah. So, okay. So we read The Girl with the Stars in Her Eyes. And oh, yeah. one of the other reasons we read this book is because the second book, Girls with Bad Reputations, is coming out this mm -hmm. month, too, which I want to read, obviously. It's already actually, I think it's already out as of oh, okay. like the fourth? this dropping. Nice. Yeah, something like that. You keep talking. I'll look it up. Okay. So, yeah, that's going to come out later this month. And I fell in love with every single one of this, these characters. And book two is about the drummer. When they're <gasps> on tour. Kayla? Kayla. <gasps> yeah. Get stoked. So, okay. We open and in the prologue, it's in the Way Way Back machine. And we meet Antonia, who is 12 years old. It's her 12th birthday. And she's so excited because she's like, I bet my mom's going to have some kind of birthday surprise for me. And that is because she's a sweet, sweet baby angel who can still have optimism in her heart, even though her mother has not shown her a single day in her life that she would do something like have a birthday surprise ready for her. Oh, my God. That was like, <sighs> and so like we learn more about this birthday. Yeah. As the book goes on and it just gets worse. And worse and worse. Yeah. So her mom is a blues jazz singer. Yeah. The second book is a birthday present to me because <gasps> it comes out the day before my birthday. Tell us the I will date. be reading it that weekend, February 6th. Yeah. All right. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. So her mom is like a blues jazz singer and she never gets to go to her gigs with her. She's always going to Aunt Dot or like some other, you know, Who are person. definitely not actual family. No. They are owners of the, like some of the clubs and mm -hmm. lounges that she sings at. Yeah. And when they're out and about, Antonia is not allowed to call her mom. She has to call her Mary. She can only call her Mary because then maybe people will think they're sisters, not mom and daughter. Hey, Mary. Well, because so Mary looks... Mary looks young, and Antonia looks old for her age. Maybe, yeah. I think that guy yeah, was like just she, a skis. It, no, he was a skis, but like it's commented multiple times throughout the book that oh, when okay. she was younger, she see like she came across older because she was tall. Oh yeah, she's and, really tall, and yeah. she's mature for yeah, her she age. Has to be which, mature. She's you know, surviving just, on her own, basically. So her mom um, is pretty neglectful, and she's very, very self-focused, self-centered. So mm -hmm. Antonia is so excited because she tells her that she can go to the gig with her tonight. Oh, my God. She calls Antonia Sweet Potato. and Which is the cutest nickname. I call Valor that. And now, I'm, oh, no. and now I feel like a terrible mom because Mary is so you terrible. Are, no, you are not a terrible mom, <laughs> period. But I God just damn it. whimsy, whimsy, whimsied. And if I ever have children, I love the nickname Sweet Potato. 
I mean, it's it's the it's so cute. Anyway, so she like does the gig. She gets hit on by this really really old guy. Antonia who, does. Yeah, who is taking her mom to Atlantic City to perform at his casino or something like that. Sure. And guess what? That means that Mary is shipping Antonia off to the father she's never met. Yep. And she finds all of this out on her fucking 12th birthday. Yeah. Like she's shipping. She literally gives this kid a guitar and like a hundred bucks cash sticks her on a Greyhound alone mm-hmm. to a place that's like a, what, 150 miles away or some shit it's like so that or far. whatever. It's and so far then- and it's very rural. And then she gets off the bus and has to get a taxi. Yeah. And this is like, I can't, I cannot, like, I, I feel like we need to paint the picture. This is like coal mining Pennsylvania. Yes. Like past coal mining prime. <laughs> you know, like past the boom. This is, Ugh. this is like every, like, this is any small town where the main primary source of, like, jobs, economic booms and jobs mm-hmm no longer exists yes. and so there's like the remnants of when this was a town but like yeah. it's not it's just it's a sad place and it said multiple times in the book how it's one of those kinds of places where you have to be real complacent to stay here right and but the problem is is it's not just that you have to be complacent it's hard places like that are hard as fuck to get back out of yes like once you're there it's so hard to get out yeah Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I mean, the fact that she kept on. So one of the things that a bunch of these characters talk about when they're when they're talking about being between a rock and a hard place is Scylla and Charybdis. Yes. And that like that Charybdis monster is just like one of those towns, you know, like that imagery worked in so many different ways Mm -hmm. being stuck somewhere. Yeah. Like even without it explicitly being stated between a rock and a hard place, there are so many times in this book where that's definitely a theme, like being stuck between a rock and a hard place is a theme of this book. Most definitely. And doing your best to like choose between the the lesser of two evils. Just letting you know, listener, do not go into this book. If like, boy, if you're struggling in something, certain types of ways it it's hard <laughs> like if you feel like you're stuck actually no i'm gonna say read this book no read it, it like it's her doing her fucking damnedest and making it yeah yeah it's her grinding i just know, I just she... know that like there were a couple of points where when i was reading it i was like damn i'm really glad that i am where i am right now reading this book because there are times in my life where this would have been too too hard of a book because to be clear it's a heavy book it's beautiful it's wonderful yeah. it's uplifting it's inspirational but like fucking a is heavy see it's funny you latched on to like the being stuck part and i latched mm-hmm. on to the parentified child part that's where i got a little bit you know got under my skin <laughs> to be fair that did also get under my yeah, skin yeah, yeah. but the stuck thing definitely i think part of it is i live in one of those towns right now okay right? yeah i live in a town where i mean it's not the same town, right? There's a lot more going on. It's mm-hmm. a, like, it's, I really like where I live, but it's definitely a place where the boom is long past. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's like memories of it everywhere. Right, right, right. Yeah. Anyway. So, so when she, so she gets in a taxi and then she goes and finally gets there and her dad owns like a little tavern 
and he the lives above. Yeah, he lives above that like you know dive bar tavern. You know, like you walk over it and the floor sticks a bit, kind of place. Mm-hmm. Boy, I've spent a lot of hours in a place like right. That. Same. <laughs> And when she's across the street, like trying to get up the gumption to go inside, she meets a kid named Sebastian Quigley. Who is adorable. He's like a year and a half older than her. And he is very much like, who's this strange young girl that I've never seen before in this town? And he calls her kid. Like, hey, uh-huh. how you doing, kid? Who are you, kid? Shut- you are also a kid, Sebastian, yeah, to be clear. What are you doing? <laughs> you are also a child. She's 12. You're 13. Pull it together. <laughs> uh, 13 and a half. Oh, I'm so sorry. You're that right, half Sabrina. half is so important at it, that age. Light years. Yeah. And he's got this dark hair and green eyes, and mm. they like the same band, the same fictional band. Mm-hmm. And it's fantastic. And I think I'm glad they, you looked it up to find out whether or not that was a fictional band. Or it not. was a fi- yeah, I had to because they because there were real bands it's and referenced. artists who were named as well. Yeah. So it was a little confusing, but yeah, not not. Um... Boy, let me tell you, I'm a, I, like I've done a lot of mu- musical things in my life, yeah. and I have a lot of knowledge about music. I was so out of my league. Absolutely. Like, holy shit. I was like, Zio has to have some inside information and, like, knowledge. And, like, if you read her authors know, like, yes, mm-hmm. that is accurate. Yeah. And, but I was like, there were, I did not herbs, but I did definitely, like, kind of half skim some of the stuff because I was like, I don't know what any of this is. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently there is, I didn't go listen to it because I just ran out of time, but she has Lily's songs. I knew it. Recorded. That's hot. And up on the interwebs. <gasps> That's hot. All right. I'll try to find I that know. and put it in the show notes. Fuck yeah. Okay. So, so now anyway. in chapter one, we've gone uh, years and years ahead. She's 24. Eight years. Yes. She's living in Philadelphia. She goes by Tony now. So she broke into the music scene a little bit, right? So she lives in Philadelphia now. She did make it out of Borden. That's the name of that town. Mm-hmm. And she plays at the cutest fucking dive bar slash venue at mm-hmm. like open mic. She is the resident musician uh-huh. at a place called the Electric Unicorn. Uh-huh. And the owner is just this fucking Elton, British, not John. Adore. I did not catch that his name, I did, didn't register. His name is Elton. And then in her phone, when he calls her one time, his name pops up as Elton, parentheses, not, not John. That's <laughs> oh, so good. Okay. Well, okay, to be fair, that's important. Like, she's got to do that because her name, now yes. that she goes by Tony, is Tony Bennett. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, like, that's a choice she made. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because she, because well, her name is Antonia. She's going mm-hmm. by Tony now, but and we, we find out later, later that Sebastian calls her Nia. Yeah. He's the only one who's ever called her Nia. Yeah. And I don't really know what other nicknames you could get out of that name. Aunt? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, no, I mean, it, like, but Tony choosing makes sense. Tony, yeah. Uh-huh. And like choosing Tony when your last name is Bennett 
and you're a musician uh-huh. is a choice. Yeah. Oh my God. And later in the book, her mom has a big old fuss about that. She's mm. like, I would never have named my daughter after a boy's name. Blah. How dare mm. you? But oh my God. Her mom. Not okay. <laughs> her mom just gets worse and worse and worse the more yeah. the book goes on. Yeah. So she she's happy to be the resident musician at this tiny unknown place in Philadelphia mm-hmm. because she saw what the drive for fame did to her mom mm-hmm. and she so I ended up nothing to do with it yeah so I pulled a quote from chapter one yeah. and it's but situations like this unnerved her because once she was under the lights it was too easy to get caught up in it too easy to accept the adoration even to expect it too easy to let the audience get under your skin and tear you down when things didn't go their way, mm-hmm. which that boy reading, rereading that right now, knowing what happens in the rest of the book is wowza. But she basically wants to be the antithesis of her mom. She wants and her to produce. Mom, she wants to be like a, a session musician behind the scenes in recording mm-hmm. studios. It like it's sort of a hired gun for the people who who perform on stage because she wants to stay private. She wants to have a low key life and she wants to be the person behind the music, but she likes gigging at this thing because you need to get your face and music out there in order to get asked to be in recording sessions and stuff like that. Exactly. So when her mom sent her away, she sent her with her old Gibson guitar and it's like worth a lot of money. Frankly, yeah, it's I like can't... thirty thousand dollars. Yeah, I can't believe Mary let her let go of it in the first place. Why she would even think of it, honestly? Like it doesn't really. Well, I'll seem... bet it wasn't. I'll bet it wasn't worth that much then. I thought they said that around then it was worth like twenty k when she took it. Maybe Mary just didn't know. You're right. You know what? Because think... Mo does comment on that. No, you know what I think. I think that was Mary's way of being like, you can't say no. I'm giving you her room and board if you need it. Mm. Oh, I think she even says that in the book. Does she? Yeah, like this is, well, like, or Mo makes a comment. Mo is her dad, by the way. Oh, he Mo says makes it's my due. Like, yeah. 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 So he does Woof. take the guitar and he puts it in a case up on the wall. Mm-hmm. Doesn't really let her touch it. And mm-hmm. it's apparently just like a dream to play. Yeah, and now she plays on this like old thrift store guitar that she got and she has a guitar strap that was given to her by Sebastian when they were teenagers. Yeah, cuz they were they oh. immediately became BFF. Um mm-hmm. and they planned because he also was a musician. He was trying to be a musician as well and so they would practice mm-hmm. together a lot. Apparently, he would he would give her wise words about how she is a black girl and someday she's going to be a black woman. And so she has to be the mm-hmm. best in the place. <laughs> she He doesn't mm-hmm. say that explicitly, but he's like, you're a lady. And so you you need to be the best one or they're just going to write you off. Yeah. But basically, well, because yeah. she does stick stick out because she, so she is aware that cute curvy girls are a dime a dozen in the music. Oh, my God. Industry, I have that highlighted. But. But cute, curvy black women who could play the guitar like Prince and knew the difference between Matchbox 20 and 21 Pilots? Ooh. Not so much. <laughs> who can play the guitar like Prince? Uh-huh. I love her. I love the confidence yeah. that she has in her 
in her ability, Music. you know? Well, and it's wild because that's really the only thing that she's yeah. confident in is her yeah. ability to play. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and so Tony and Seb were supposed to get out of Borden together. They had like a fund mm-hmm. that they were putting money into. They were making plans about where they could go when they did leave together mm-hmm. and all the business. They were planning from the get how they were getting it. Like the minute that they became friends, they were like, we're doing this together. Yeah. And Seb would have left a lot earlier, but he wanted to wait until she was 18 so that they didn't get in trouble. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so now she's like, why am I thinking about Sebastian, though? Like, he fucking left. He up and left and never mm-hmm. wanted to see me again. So, like, I'm just going to put him out of my mind. Yeah. And well, <laughs> no. <laughs> Except we so got to go to the factory. does with a PH. Yeah. Which is a recording studio in Philadelphia who she's become friends with the guy who is inheriting it from his dad. His name is Richie. And he has offered her to buy in to be his partner. Mm -hmm. But it's a $50,000 buy-in. Yeah. And she's like, I don't know how the fuck I'm going to do that, but I want it. This is my dream. Mm -hmm. Like, this is everything. Yeah. And she's a because she's a session recording like she's a session session musician at the studio yeah or at the factory pretty often right well and I mean I will say Nia's fucking impressive because oh yeah she says like I don't want to dip into my savings but that would only get me to like ten or fifteen k and I, can I just say <laughs> that as an artist who is twenty four to have. Like Girl. that much money put away. <laughs> I, I can't was just even like, fucking what? imagine. Holy fuck balls. I, That's incredible. That is, that is definitely one more digit than I have ever had in a savings account. That is that is it's a real serious reaction wild. to not having financial stability as a kid. <laughs> Yeah, that's definitely like she lives frugally. To yeah. to be clear, she lives extremely frugally. Right now, she's renting her best friend's pull-out couch. Yes. In her one she's bedroom been there apartment. For years. Right. Mhm. Like Yeah. So, anyway, she's there right now in order to do a session recording for this guy called Jerry, and Jerry's the worst. And Oh my god, he's she, such a fucking misogynistic prick. Yeah, old school, white dude, misogynist, terrible. Mm -hmm. Well, and he doesn't like that she essentially shows him up because she has the ear of a fucking angel. And Mm. like she, oh my God, I, wow. So like I have a pretty good ear, Mm -hmm. but like I was like salivating over the description of her ear. Yeah. She can just pick up anything in the middle of other things happening it's incredible yeah like wow like at one point they needed a violinist and the violinist wasn't showing up and so she finally just got really fucking pissed and so she walked over and she picked up a violin and she just started sort of picking at it and playing with it until she just played it she was like okay i'm the violinist now too (gasps) as somebody who just bought a fucking violin yeah can i say that i felt so the level of envy that I was oh, feeling yeah. reading about that made me want to die. Because to be clear, that is not the experience I'm having in my home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and so she's in this 
she's in this weird position because, again, one of the only things that she has like extreme confidence in is her musical ability and her ear. And like, like she knows that she's fantastic at other things and that she's real cute and all that, right? Like she doesn't have confidence issues, but this is something that she's just like, she knows in her bones. Yeah, absolutely. And so, but as a session musician, you sort of have to like toe the line and like not piss off the talent. You know, they're your boss really. But at the same time, she's like, I don't want my name attached to something that's shit. And Mm -hmm. one of the guitars is off. Like, yeah, one of the guitars and is Jerry, off. Jerry ends up pitching a whole ass fit yeah. and saying, basically, you're fired. We're getting somebody else. And guess who walks in the door to replace her? Oh, none shit. other than Sebastian Quigley. Well, Sebastian Quick now. Yes, but we don't know his name. I know. Well, what that was so funny, though, because they were though. like, they were like, Quick's going to be here soon. Like, you can go. Mm-hmm. And when she turns around, she has not seen this man in eight years. Mm-hmm. And he, all the blood drains out of his face. And he, like, mm-hmm. kind of doesn't know what to do with himself. Mm-hmm. And she just, like, beats feet as fast as she can out of there. And, and he, he chases her. Follows her! Yeah. To the cab. And he leaves her a business card on the seat. He's like, please, like, I would love to talk to you and catch up. Because he obviously never got over the girl that he left in Borden. Yeah, I know. This was uh, this how was did one you of the feel? I was very curious. How me. did how did you feel about um that whole everything? I don't know the reason how to answer that without doing big spoilers. Spoiling? Okay. We'll yeah. get there. I will say that it was one of the only things that didn't quite track for me. You know, mm. it was one of the only things in the book that I was like I don't know that that see so one of the things I really liked about this book is how real these characters felt. oh yeah and that tracked Did I could it... see somebody doing exactly that thing yeah like being too ashamed to go back yeah and feeling like you're they're better off without you kind of thing because yeah. of these deep-seated things you have going on anyway we'll get yeah. there I mean so... okay I think that would have I think the only reason it didn't track is because when he does see her, he's like on his knees immediately being like, can I talk to you? Can can we please like, will you look at me? And she's just like, no, absolutely not. not. not so not in a heartless way, but part of me thinks that it's a little bit of a out of sight, out of mind thing. It's mm. easy when you're not seeing them all the time to be like, I see to that. just kind of but then it all clicks when you are in their presence yeah and all of a sudden it's like oh my god I can't believe that I gave that up yeah okay all right I can see that that's how I took it anyway absolutely so he puts his business card and she's like you should go back in like they're on the clock and I don't want you to make Richie look bad because you're out here trying to talk to me and he's finally like okay all right well bye and She's like, she gets in the cab and she's like, drive anywhere. I don't care. <laughs> Wherever you can go, just go. Yeah. And uh. so she's she's in a mood and then they're gone. And next chapter, we get Sebastian's point of view. So this is a dual point of view, third person book, if that's something that matters to y'all. Right. Um, but we're in Sebastian's point of view. And now we've started. So we've I think we've heard mention of the lilies. 
Before Elton, now. Elton talked to her being like, you're like, you're on par. Cause he keeps on being like, you're better than this, like small time gigging. You should mm-hmm. not be the resident musician here. And she's like, don't talk bad about my bar. Like this is, I like this place. And he's like, no, no, no. I don't mean in a bad way. I'm just saying that like, you could be the level of the Lilies. They're this new up and coming band with really, really talented people, especially their guitarist. Yeah, and it's for women specifically. Yes. Doing like alt rock punk shit. Yeah. And she's like, I like honestly, I think that there's somebody behind the guitar. Like, I don't think that 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 her name is Candy. I don't think Candy is really shredding like that. And he's like, you don't know. So we find out that Sebastian (laughs) is working with the Lilies. He's the manager. Yeah. For them. He's the one who brought them together. Right. And then got them essentially their sign on with YMI, which is a super well-known recording mm-hmm. group or whatever. Yeah. And we also find out that Sebastian, we're just going to kind of cruise through that. So, boy, Candy is. I'm going to say a real hot take out loud right now. Mm-hmm. I don't like Candy. <laughs> Wow. I know. Really? Brave, brave Incredible. I know. So Candy is such a, and like, we'll get into it more throughout the book. She's a piece but of fucking work. I, she is a piece of work, but I had so much pity and empathy for her, actually. Like, it's very kind she, of you. It's just, I've known these people. You know what I mean? And in like, so, like that self-destructive mm-hmm. kind of kind of and hell I was self-destructive when I was younger like so like that's where the empathy comes from and like she but Candy is an oil heiress so she's always been rich and her family doesn't take her seriously especially with her music like I'm very curious I wonder if she will ever come back I I don't know I well well, we can talk about I'm I'm do you want a second chance romance with someone yeah I do I really do. Me too. Um, so, yeah. So Candy is fucking falling apart, though. She, like, just to give you the quick rundown, she drinks too much. She parties too much. She's constantly high on drugs. She's, she's doing all constantly sorts of, she's popping in the, pills. She's in the press for terrible reasons, and she thinks that it's good. Any she's she's of the opinion that any press is good press for the lilies, whereas like everyone else is like, you need to fucking settle down, dude. Yeah. And like, well, so. When Sebastian brought them all together, he and Candy and Lily, like, sort of had this weird, like, you know, word, word, we get too drunk and we, like, fall asleep together kind of touchy-feely relationship. Mm-hmm. And then one day Candy was like, when are you going to, like, shit or get off the pot? Like, she was, when are you going to stop this and fuck me? And so they did, but then right afterwards, Seb was like, oh, no, this is a really big mistake, and we can't yeah, do this Yeah, they did anymore. it for a little bit, but then they stopped very, very quickly. But they're still pretending for the press that they're together. Yeah, and more than that, he's sort of become her de facto babysitter because nobody, nobody can control her, but everybody's like, he's got the best chance of it. Mm-hmm. So okay. tonight he is with her and it's like a really serious time to be babysitting her because the next day the Lilies have their like like first big we've been signed with a record label showcase in front of a bunch of music promoters. And like they are the people who will get them on the radio and do all the bullshit. 
So they've got to be there. And they've got to be there at like 10 or 11 a.m. And so he's like, we're cooling it tonight. And, you know, we're not going to do anything big. And she's like, no, no, it's okay. I'm just going to like this teensy little birthday party with a really close friend. And it's going to be super chill. And he's like, I don't really even need to look at her to know that she's lying through her teeth. (laughs) Yeah. So they get up there to this bit like rich, fancy person party. And they lit. So right before they get up there, I highlighted this because it was literally famous last words. Yeah. She's like, you know, it's sweet the way you worry about me. And he says, I'm your friend. I'm only looking out for you. And she says, since I can't look out for myself, I don't need a nanny sub i'm a grown-up yeah you're not andy Andy. girl so they get up to that party and they go to get a drink off of a tray that people are serving and she's like no don't get anything off of that tray because there's going to be something extra in those drinks go straight to the bartender and have them mix you something she looks out for him like she's like there's gonna be like ecstasy laced in there or something yeah she also pops a pill right before they get in there and she immediately goes and starts partying with her quote unquote best friend, Naya. Mm-hmm. And he, because your phones are listening to you and the algorithm is listening, <laughs> he gets a YouTube video of Tony that pops up on his phone. Yeah. And so he starts watching it. And without thinking, somebody walks by and they're like, Would you like a glass of champagne, sir? And he huh. says, Yes. And so he does take a glass of champagne. And then Zippy Zap, it's the next morning, and it's is 3 it the p.m. next morning? <laughs> it's like, it, yeah, it's the next afternoon. Um, he missed the showcase, but he was like, well, at least Candy should have gotten there. Right. Well, I don't know why he would think that. Seb, <laughs> in what world? Like, let's talk about Candy wishful thinking. The- no shit. Oh, my he was God. definitely still rolling and on fucking drunk absolutely to be thinking that. well and it's so I loved sorry I have to go back a tiny bit because one of my favorite things about like them walking into the party and doing all of this is that he can't stop thinking about Tony and so he's like Mm -hmm. Candy loves the paparazzi Candy like loves the fame aspect of all of this she loves the parties she loves everything and he's like Tony would fucking hate this shit And I kind of love that about her. And then he's like, get Tony out of your brain. Like, don't do it. And so then, like, his phone feeds in that thing. And he's watching that YouTube video. And he cannot hear the sound, everyone. The party is too loud for him to hear the sound of her singing. Watching her on his face. Yeah. So when he wakes up the next morning, he's, like, covered in popcorn. His mouth is the Sahara And like, and he says, he says, well, at least I'm in my own bed. That's really good. And at least I'm alone. At least I think so. And then he just yells, hello, out into (laughs) into his apartment. Well, and then when he unlocks his phone, it's still on the YouTube video of Tony. Uh He was just being an absolute menace and shoving popcorn Uh in his mouth while watching Tony. And this is when I started thinking about my rogue tampon. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Oh, my God. I can already see where this is going. Okay, let's go. Okay. Give, me, give, it, give me your version. Because I've already come up with the entire story in my head, and now I want to hear what yours is. So I went out with my friends to a party, and we there were like four of us girls who lived together. We all went out to the party. I 
did decide to imbibe some jungle juice. I don't know why I ever thought that was a good idea. Like, and uh, I mean, it was one of those nights where like I had the jungle juice and then there's not much after that I remember. Mm -hmm. So then the next (laughs) morning, the next morning I wake up in, in my bed. Thank you very much. I am just like my, it's, it's the dry mouth. It's the like mm-hmm. head pounding. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. And I open, I squint open my eyes and I look up at the window and like my blinds are half cocked. Like <laughs> they're, they're like uneven. And uh-huh. then I like, I try to, you know, move around. And then I realize that my spaghetti strap, like both straps are on one side of my head. And I just like, oh my God. And then I like, I do the hello thing, but I live with three other people and nobody says a word. And so I've decided that like, they've, they hate me so much that they've moved you out. Did something I've, I've wrecked everything. Yeah. I did. I did something terrible. It's awful. And then I go to the bathroom because I am on my period. And at that point I used tampons. So I go to the bathroom and I go to like do my business. And I realize there's no tampon. <laughs> where, where could my tampon be? I had it with me. I had it in me when I was drinking that jungle juice. You, you hell had it with you. Yeah. In the safest place it could possibly be. <laughs> Just snuggled up there. And now it could be anywhere. <laughs> So then my roommates get home. Turns out they they didn't start moving out. They did just go get us bagels because they are beautiful angels. And I get their side of the story where I'm just like a hot mess. I'm drunk off my ass. They can tell it's one of those nights where like you're not going to remember the morning or, you know, you're not going to remember. And like they had to. The reason my shirt was all askew is because they dressed me. And like by the time they got me in some like shorts and this spaghetti strap they saw that it was on one side and they were just like you know what I can't I can't I can't anymore this has got to this has got to be good enough (laughs) and they put me to bed (laughs) but did you ever find out what happened I never found that tampon no I never found Mm. that tampon it's still out there somewhere (laughs) I'm sure of it I mean it might have founded its own town by now at Borden? Yes. Has its own Pennsylvania coal mining. I bet. I bet. Yeah. It's just picking away at that mountain, it's hoping just, for... It's just living its best life. I, I emancipated it on that day. <laughs> and now it is using its liberty to its full potential, I think. <laughs> just That's squishing a nice around. dream. Squishing <laughs> around just squish that it around in one, the world that might be one of the worst things you've ever said to me. <laughs> well you know what it turns out that they Ooh. are actually the silent partner in squilchers our company oh, no. squilchers nope. did you say our our yeah. company mm-hmm. yeah our our company that you also you know what? work I'll at buy, i will buy into squelchers <laughs> before i will buy into um mel's cunt punch extravaganza well they're sister companies so like i don't, I don't know what you want <laughs> <laughs> okay oh my god so 
Sorry. They, so he, he, then he looks at all these texts and J- Jordan, his best friend, and their like lawyer slash actual manager. Because Seb doesn't really manage anything. Seb is like, can I get you snacks? Do you need water? He's He is the soccer mom. Yeah, he's the herder of cats. Yes. He sort of Which, keeps them alive. Frankly, and then they need. They need. Yeah. Yes. And then Jordan does all the like fancy contract stuff. Yeah. And so he has a ton of messages from Jordan. They start with him offering to get him coffee and they end with, where the fuck are you? And then he has mm-hmm. one message from Lily because I don't know if we told you this, but she is a Nordic queen. Goddess. <laughs> yeah, Nordic goddess. And all it says is, I trusted you. Period. Yeah. And... It was awful. Oh my And God. just to give you some context, the band that they're in is called the Lilies after Lily Langland. Yes. Which is the lead singer. Mm-hmm. And then we also, we're going to meet them, but you all, we're actually, we're about to Yeah, meet we're meeting them. them right now. There's also Tiff, the bassist. Mm-hmm. Kayla, the drummer. I have a huge crush on Kayla. Kayla's a freckled redhead. And she is just so dry. Yeah. And also constantly doing it, like flipping. I, I don't know what She's it is. Like drummers are so drum sexy. Uh-huh. Like she got that drumstick and she just like does that finger thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm. Uh, the muscle memory that takes. Is I literally, I literally just got goosebumps thinking about it. Yeah. So, and then Candy's the guitarist. So it's band meeting time. Yes. It's time to have a sit down. And they, he gets there. And everybody is there, and Candy is just lounging on the couch like nothing's a big deal, because as far as she's concerned, it's not a fucking big deal. And then it continues on, and, like, they talk some, Mm -hmm. and then Lily essentially is like, so, Candy, you're fired. I mean, and my thing is, okay, this is She should have stayed fired? Sure, but no. Like, my thing is, this is where my empathy evaporates. Because it's one thing to be a fuck-up who acknowledges that you've disrespected everyone you know. And it's another thing to be a fuck-up who says, right before Lily says this, she's like, can we just get this moving along? And you tell me, like, Candy, you have to change your ways. And, like, whatever, because I have a spa appointment in an hour. Yeah, so I agree. I did not start having empathy and like pity. Like, so I had like the, the um, supportive feelings that I had did not come back until the very, very, very end of the book when she has just imploded, fully lost herself. Yeah. Like that's when it came back. That's when I was like, oh, this is like, she's in a bad place. This girl needs like rehab and therapy no she absolutely does I like no that's when it was about her though um yeah you're a good I person that, sabrina well i think part of it is also i really want her to go to rehab and therapy because i do want that second chance romance yes right? like yeah most so definitely. anyway she she gets fired and they also um modify sebastian they're like you can stay sebastian mm-hmm. but we're modifying your contract and there's a no fraternization clause and a one strike rule so yep. fuck up and you're out. Yep. Fuck up or fuck someone. Yes. And you're out. And he's like, thank you. 
thank you, sir. May I have another? Like he's all mm-hmm. all on board for this punishment. And they decide yeah. that they have to have a closed audition to invite only. Invite only, yep. In order to not replace Candy, but get a guest guitarist until mm-hmm. Candy is ready to come back. Yeah. And she tries to get Seb to, like, back her up on how ridiculous everybody is for doing this. And he's just like, no. She tries to flounce off and get Seb to come with her. And he's just like, absolutely not. Like, there, he thinks yeah. to himself, there's no way that I'll be able to smooth any of this over if I leave with her right now. I need I to do this. I needed Sebastian to stop enabling candy so much earlier than he did mm-hmm. like oh my god all of them except for tiff tiff was very clear or no kayla was, was no very kayla clear. kayla kayla was very clear she was like i'm done with you as far as i'm concerned you're dead to me yeah like and she sticks to that the entire fucking time it's great loving her yeah so sebastian's so, like one of the people that i could invite is tony but like that would be really bad for me and like i don't even think she wants to be famous and like all the bullshit i was so mad at him i was livid with this because he literally well so we'll get this so well actually we can kind of run along yeah. and get into this so lily gets a message from elton the owner of the electric unicorn no that Sorry, Tony. You said Lily. Tony gets a message from Oh, yeah. Elton. Tony gets... Yes. And the message is, you have been invited to an audition for the Lilies. Yeah. And she's like, what the fuck? And then, my God, you want to talk about one of the best fucking characters in this book? Yeah. Yvette, her best goddamn friend. Uh-huh. She goes home to Yvette and... They are talking about it, and Yvette is like, fucking do it? Or yes. at the very least, call and find out what's going on. And her, she's really worried because she thinks that they're based in California. And so she's like, mm-hmm. I don't have the money, especially if I want to try to buy in for the factory. Like, I don't have the money to fly out to California to for like this pipe dream that I don't really even necessarily want very much. And Yvette's like, just go. Like, at least call them. I will pay for you to go out there yeah like and you can pay me back and then tony still says no and so yvette takes her fucking phone Mm -hmm. and calls that number Mm -hmm. and then long story short after talking on the phone she finds out that it's actually new york city where she has to be by friday at 10 a.m by friday says yes yes (gasps) so Anyway, he, meanwhile, is still debating about whether or not he should call her. (laughs) And then Candy says that she wants to come to the audition because if she's really coming back to our little family, she says, then I should be able to help pick my step-sibling. And he's like, "Uh, okay, sure, man. Like, we could make that work. Mm-hmm. And but then he does end up convincing her that she should give them some space. Mm-hmm. Supposedly, supposedly he convinces her, but he doesn't think that she means it when she says that like 
she's gonna she's like we're gonna do this for now and then i'm gonna shape up and we'll be better and it is so clear at the end of this chapter that she is manipulating him oh for sure that's also like, where my empathy ends the the fact that both she and tony's mom can be like look at my the tears welling in my look at my eyes. crocodile tears and then the like, moment somebody says no they immediately snap out of it and they're like well blah 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 mm-hmm. blah, blah like that's ooh, it's so much but the other thing is he literally says to her, like, the way that you're talking right now, what you're saying is you just want to shape up now and, like, placate them, but not actually change anything for the long haul. Yeah. And she's like, it'll be fine. It'll be totally fine. Mm-hmm. But now we're at the audition. Oh. By the way, Tony has started dreaming about Sebastian again for the first time in a oh. year. And in her dreams, they kiss. Yeah. Boop, 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 boop. And then she's at the fucking audition, and I'm really hoping that one of the people that we meet yeah. in the waiting room for the audition named Zeph, yeah. the fantastic non-binary guitar player who doesn't say a single word to anybody, but until on their fucking way out the, as the second to last auditionee, they say, don't let them get to you. They said in a voice that was mostly a purr, go in, play for your life, and be grateful for the moment. Let that nervous energy move through you. Don't try to force it away. Use it. This is apropos of nothing. Like, they're basically Uh passing by each other in order to go, for her to go into the audition. And Zeph just out of nowhere comes out with this sage inspiration for her and like this coaching oh, moment being like you can I, do this this person doesn't know tony at all it's been a while since i've been so immediately into, yeah. into a fucking character that we only see like on page for like two and a half pages. truly truly yeah so anyway she goes in and both seb and candy are not there yet which, like, how mm-hmm. is this not a strike, question mark? How is this not being late to the audition, Seb? I don't know. I also have the same time. Yeah, like, what what are we doing? Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, and she's, like, she's just crushing it. Like, yeah. even Kayla and Tiff are, like, wow! Like, in the tiny recording but room. I love Kayla and Tiff so much. And I know. It was so like, t- and the thing that gets me is like, Tony was so uncomfortable at first. Cause it's just dead silent in that room. Yeah. Nobody even greets her. And she's like, do I need to introduce myself? And the guy who's helping her set up, he's like, they know exactly who you are. Yeah. And it's just like this whole thing. And like, she's, so- but then she fucking starts playing uh. and she gets in the zone and just, Oh my God. And then Sebastian gets to the studio and he sees guess who's right behind him show walking up and like they already talked to candy about being um like more subtle like low-key and instead Mm -hmm. like like maybe come in the side door candy and instead she rolls up to the front in like a giant black escalade with her whole entourage and he's just like i don't understand in a sling in a in a bedazzled sling a bedazzled pink cheetah print sling with and the bedazzle is her name it's her name everybody knows your name candy i can't with you i can't anyway they go in and like even candy is impressed like 
very mm-hmm. obviously impressed. And he's just standing back there being like, holy fuck. She has gotten so much better than even she was when like we were back in Borden. Like she's yeah. so obviously Guess what, worked Sebastian? on her craft. It's been eight years. Yeah, right. The fucking course she has. Oh my like- God. Yeah. And he's like, after that performance, she's got to be on the short list. And when they go up, like after she's done, he goes up too and she sees him and like stiffens. And then she says, nice to meet you. And he's like, mm-hmm. nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. And he like doesn't uh-huh. know what to do with himself. And then of course, he fucking follows her out again. <laughs> mm-hmm. He has an MO, but he does convince her to talk to him for a minute this yeah. time. And so they go into a spare room mm-hmm. and she is like, she's having none of his shit. No. She's like, ah, no. Absolutely not. Like, no. you fucked me over, dude. You don't deserve like, my time. Mm-hmm. You ab- you you ceded my time <laughs> when you abandoned uh-huh. me. Like, you were yeah. not doing this. Well, and she immediately makes a connection in her head that Sebastian mm-hmm. is there. She's like, oh, my fucking God. He saw me three days ago, and now magically I have an audition with the Lilies. Yeah. He works for them. Obviously, he got me the audition. This is a hell of an apology, but still fuck him. Yeah. Like, she's like, I don't want to be here because he feels guilty about something he did when we were children. That's mm-hmm. bullshit. I should be here on my own merits. And he's like, I didn't, I had no idea you were going to be here today. And she's like, okay, sure, man. Mm -hmm. So then she goes home and has happy hour with Yvette. And Yvette's like trying to be like her pump up wingman. You know, she's just like, Mm -hmm. you should take it. When they offer it to you, you should take it. If for no other reason than like the money you'll make while, while you're there. And, oh, then she says like, Oh, and then Richie comes up. This was very important to me because Richie mm-hmm. is an absolute dreamboat. He is. Oh my god. He is a respectful king. I want. I want that novella. I want that novella hard. Yeah. Zio Axelrod, if you are taking requests, <laughs> I would love that novella. <laughs> we have we have a small request, which is the novella <laughs> of the couple that shall not be named until the very very end in the epilogue. That has to be a novel, and though, we also right? have. We also have a very, very, no, we're not going to ask for a novel of that because we have a very large request. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that is for the second chance romance that we both desperately want and need. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I thought you were asking for that first. And I was like, that should be a novel, No, no, though. no, no, no. We, we, want, we want the novella. We're going yeah. to ask small for that. Yeah. But then that second <sighs> then. chance romance could be hot. Okay, anyway, so Richie oh, comes in yeah. and he's like, "Have you have you come up with 30k more?" Just out of curiosity. Well, cuz he well, he doesn't know exactly how much she needs, but this is when Yvette finds out that she has to get 50k. Yeah. For this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And they're like, "Holy shit." And then Yvette mm-hmm. and Tony are noodling and they're like, "You could sell Minx." Minx, Minx is, is the, the games and guitar. Uh-huh. Wow. Like, and Tony is noodling. She's like, like, my parents haven't done anything else for me. Like, Uh it would be really hard and it would be really emotional to do because it's always been like my dream to play that guitar. But, well, could Zippy's app? Maybe. Wait, but first, this was the part that was important to me. 
right before oh. the end of this scene, before Richie goes, he pulls out a business card and he slides it over to Yvette and he says, my cell phone's on there. Use it if you want. No pressure. With like a wolfish grin. And then he walks out. <gasps> mm. Yvette yeah. and Richie would be the cutest couple in the land. And I want their novella. Thank yeah. you so much, Zio Axelrod. I know you're busy, but just noodle on it, you know? Yeah. Just but Zippy Zap, you're right. Yeah. So Zippy Zap, we are on our way to Borden. Tony's going to get that fucking guitar. And she gets there mm-hmm. and walks into the bar. And Mo, this is the first time they've seen each other in years. Five years, four years. Yeah, since she left town. Because, mm-hmm. like, and so we'll, we'll go ahead and let you know now. She, because of what happened with Sebastian, so just going to give you some context. Yeah. When Sebastian left, they had been saving money. They had thousand, a couple thousand dollars mm-hmm. saved. And when he left, he took half of it. But so she gets there and she basically tells Mo, I'm here for the guitar. And he it, puts up a fuss about it and is like, it's my due. How could you? But then he does climb up and get that guitar down. But before he gives it to her, he sits down and plays it like, like a champ. Beautifully. Oh. Like nimble fingers. And she's uh-huh. like, I didn't even know you played. And he says, uh-huh. girl, what you don't know about your mom and I could fill a church. And it was He so, says that multiple yeah, times. Yeah, he says it twice in the book. And like, mm-hmm. I, uh, that makes me so sad. Because mm-hmm. like, we learn throughout the book, they just don't, they do not have a good relationship. Like they do, they never talked. Mo wanted she, nothing to do with her. Uh-huh. And- like, oh. she had to work to feed herself. Yeah. He and- says, um, she says that Mo made it very, very clear that she was a drain on his resources when she oh, got there. God. What and a like, terrible way to feel as a child. I know. Like- I know. And so she was not only working at the bar to, like, you know, help out and, like, pay her way that way. But then if she wanted anything like clothes or tampons or, you know, food that wasn't deep fried at Moe's Tavern, then Mm -hmm. she got another side job in order to do that, all while going to school as well. And like when she asks for a Coke when she gets there and she immediately pulls out a dollar because even a Coke isn't free. And then he picks it up and he says, it's $1.50 now. And, oh, like, God. It's God. And so the only reason that he actually acquiesces is because a longtime waitress is like, hey, <laughs> you've been kind of mm-hmm. shitty her whole life. I feel like this is one thing you could do for her. Because especially since Tony says, um, he says, you're not going to sell it. And he's like, is that why you're here? You want the money? And she's like, nope, want it for a gig. I just want to play it. Just want to play it. And she's like, it's mm-hmm. not a lie. Like, I I do want to play it. I don't want to sell it. And I also don't want to sell it. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I could play it before I very begrudgingly sell it. Oh. And then she, so she starts to say something to him. Oh, my God. She also, like, there's lots of, there's comments, like, throughout the book of, like, I don't even know that you're mine. And, like, your mom's a slut. Yeah. And so at least you come by it honestly. I wanted to punch him in the face so fucking hard. I know. <laughs> like, I know. And 
when she leaves, she starts to say something. She's like, hey, Mo. And he turns and looks at her. And then she just turns around and walks out. Yeah. It was heart-wrenching. Devastating. Yeah. So, zippy zap. Sebastian and Candy. Sebastian agrees to meet with her in public somewhere. Turns out, <laughs> the only reason that I she did this, with this woman. I can't. Is I she <laughs> wanted to be seen with Sebastian with the uh-huh. pop, like the paparazzi to see them so that it's clear that she still has a connection to the fucking band. She literally word for word. Mm-hmm. Get ready, y'all. Tell them. I had to highlight Tell this. Tell them, Sabrina. She's, he says, what is your obsession <laughs> with being splashed all over page six? Oh, Seb, haven't I taught you anything about how this works? Candy dropped the sugary tone from her voice. You're here. This way, they'll know I'm not completely cut off from my girls. So you're using me? He stated flatly. Well, that wasn't flat, but whatever. whatever. He stated flatly, surprised at how unfazed he was by the concept. Candy's eyes twinkled. Aren't I always? Oh, Candy! I mean, that's the thing, though. Like, when people tell you who they are, believe them. Listen! (laughs) Christ! Like, do we need to fucking... Do I need to get a skywriter? Like, it's bananas to me. It's bananas. And, like, we find out later that he does all of this because, like, she reminds him of him. But, like, she shouldn't, Sebastian. And this is a comment... This is a commentary on your self-worth and (laughs) self-esteem. And not on Candy's goodness. <laughs> These oh, two things are not, not like the other. Clear, I did not take that as he thinks that she's good. No, he does. No, you're right. No, no, no. You're totally right. <laughs> like, but he knows. But he thinks he that like, she's redeemable. Has... Well, we're both kind of hoping that she's redeemable. Who? For that second chance. Oh, she's going to have to prove a lot to me. Yeah. Before Fair. I can say that she's redeemable. Well, and then Sebastian fucking caves, though. And he's like, oh, my. Ugh. So she fucking. You want to hear the most egregious thing Candy does in this entire fucking book? <gasps> Tell me. I have a feeling she it's going to be a hot her, take. Sh- she takes her shoe off and then rubs the inside of his thigh. <laughs> but where the paparazzi can see them. Mm-hmm. Madam. How Put the dogs away. You? How dare you? <laughs> what the fuck? That would be it. I would be, I'm a it Sebastian. Would be over I would I would be a Sebastian. I am mm-hmm. a Sebastian in this sense. Like, I will fucking give people chances over and over and over and oh, over yeah. and over again. Oh, yeah. That's and part of our like, Swiss I cheese will... memories. <laughs> oh, no joke. But then, that person I keep giving the chances... Pulls their little toesy woesies <laughs> out of their shoe. Last straw. And then they fucking start <laughs> towing around in my crotch. I'm fucking out. I'm done. Fuck you and your bullshit. I'm gone, Candy. Incredible. Yeah. No, I hear that. Done with it, she says. Oh, God. Done that's done the with straw. you. Oh, boy. So, anyway. He doesn't do that because he doesn't have the same problem with toesy woesies that I do. Right. And he does agree to try and smooth the way for her. And I was so fucking annoyed at both of them at this point that Mm -hmm. I wanted to scream. Yeah. So 
Zippy Zap, we are at Kayla's apartment. And Kayla apparently is the only one who doesn't live in the city. And everyone's like, why wouldn't you live in the city? And then they go to her apartment and they're like, oh, my God, $2,500 gets you this? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, that's why. Gets you slightly larger than a postage stamp? Because, like, yeah. let's be clear. <laughs> 2500 is still not great. What you're getting is not that was my great, thought. even in yeah, Jersey. It's not <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. But it's going to be way bigger. You're not sharing a studio with seven people. Uh-huh. And even Candy's there. They're making decisions about the guitarist and things mm-hmm. like that. By the way, throughout this book, we keep having flashbacks to Sebastian and Tony as youths. Yeah. And it's, and it's super beautiful. cute. Yeah. Like, seeing... They're really like it was put in so masterfully. Like mm-hmm. she did such a great job at picking and choosing what scenes of their past to share. Most and I loved that they weren't long because like I feel like flashbacks are always super fucking long and there's so much exposition and mm-hmm. so much like and I love that Zio just let these short snippet scenes because to be clear, they're, they're not flashes. longer than like, ha- like, yeah, ex- they are. It is in the word, Melody. <laughs> Flash back. Yeah, but it's also like it's it's also like in length. It's a flash. It's great. That's and what I, I'm I, saying. Yeah, I know, it, as it should be. Yeah, that's and I, that's my actual hot take. Ooh, that's my actual hot flashback take. Flashbacks should be a flashback flash. Should be short. Yeah, I don't need all the fucking exposition. Yeah, like oh god, I'm so tired of a 15 page flashback. Oh, absolutely. And the other thing that I really, really liked is that all of the flashbacks gave you a lot of background and texture of their relationship without being like pigeonholy. You know, like none of them are like, here's what happened in real life. And this flashes back to an exact thing that applies. That's that's behind the back. Yeah. Exposition and all of that. Or not exposition, but. Like pigeonhole. That's a great way to say it. Also, yeah. Texture. What a good descriptor Ooh. for that. Oh, thanks. That is such a great way to describe this book because, like, you know how some books it's like touching a mirror. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. And it's fun. Yeah. Like those are. I love those books, but this was like curling up in a fucking blanket that your grandma crocheted you. Oh. And it's gigantic and it's so heavy because she used the cheapest worsted weight fucking red heart from the 70s. And it's so and old it's that chunky. some of it is like gritty and scratchy, but other parts uh-huh. are like nice and soft. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And like some parts, like it clearly started to unravel because yeah. the thread or the yarn broke and there's like you had to tie a knot to keep uh-huh. it together. Like that's what reading this book is like in the best kind of way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I'm with you. Boy. So anyway, they flashbacked and that's the end of my talk about flashbacks, actually, because we don't that's the thing is we don't need to talk about those flashbacks because it's not any kind of direct correlation. It just gives. That's exactly what I'm saying. Yes. It just gives you enough to get the vibe. Right. Of their time growing up together. Yeah. And how they were obviously madly in love with each other. Honestly. Their entire fucking youths. But, like, thank God they never kissed, you know? Thank God. My favorite thing is that they never got together. I know. Me too. That's my... I fucking love that. Me too. So they end up going with Tony. 
mm-hmm. unsurprisingly. I think we're all shocked by that. Um, Wait, I'm so sorry. Wait, I'm so sorry. We do have to talk about this flashback because it is directly applicable to the future or like yes. to to how things have like changed. Well, I mean, because in this flashback, yeah. Sebastian is being like, you know, it's going to be different when when we're famous. And she's like, she's saying, I don't want to be famous. I want to be the person behind the scenes. And like, he's the one who wants to be famous. He's the one who wants to be on stage. Well, and, and now, hilariously. Yeah. It's the opposite. Yeah, because he, we didn't say this, but he's a songwriter, essentially. He's a session guitarist. He comes in occasionally for the Lilies for some things. He writes music, like Mm -hmm. songs for other people. He's not in the limelight. Right. Right. Like, And so now they want Tony, and Sebastian is sitting there being like, this is kind of her worst nightmare, but it's also an uh incredible opportunity for her career. And this was really shitty, and I had a very hard time, and I almost punched him in his fictional face because he doesn't want to give away that they know each other or that she was important to him at some point or whatever, partially because of this no fraternization clause. And because he knows he's going to want to stick it in. I mean, yeah. And so he is like sort of being like devil's advocate about choosing Tony. Being like, was, she might not, you know, she's she's experience had, aside, she might not be emotionally mature enough. <gasps> he had to redeem himself. To be clear, he did redeem himself. He does. Me. But, wow, he had to do some serious, rede- re- like, I needed a serious redemption arc for this. Yeah. Movie. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. Can, and and even as he's saying it, he's like, as soon as the words were out of my mouth, I wanted to take them back. And I knew how shitty and selfish they were. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know. It's just, oh, it's so it's so much. But now she gets a call back from Johnny. Right? Mm-hmm. Johnny? Yeah. Jordan. Jordan. Thank you, Jordan. She gets a call from Jordan and mm-hmm. he's like, hey. We want you, and I really don't want to deal with this bullshit anymore. And so I would just like to drop 5K a week at your feet. Or mm-hmm. 500, wait, five a week at your feet or something like that in order to get you to go. And she's like, $500 a week? And he's like, oh, no, no. <laughs> no, $5,000 a week for six weeks. And it might extend from uh-huh. there. Yeah. and But and you'll he- get at least six weeks. No yeah. matter what. And you need to be ready for a showcase in three. And she's like, and she- wait a second. If it's if the showcase is in three, why am I contracted for six weeks? And he's like, let's just call it insurance. That's all. Mm-hmm. Insurance. And she realizes that with this gig, she doesn't have to sell Mings. Because she was already trying to figure out what she was going to do about guitars. Because <sighs> she can't play for the lilies on that shitty little thrift store guitar yeah. that she has. No. But guess what? Now she doesn't have to. She's going to play on a vintage Gibson named Minx. Yeah. There was a big piece, like, self-employed Melody (laughs) really reared her ugly head right now, though, because she was like, oh, my gosh, I'm getting exactly $30,000. And so I have exactly the amount of money I need 
to buy into this thing. And I was like, not after taxes. <laughs> you got after tax. You got to factor in taxes. Expenses. She has to pay for her own food and hotel. Like that's coming out of the 5,000. Yeah. Like, ma'am, you're at most, you're getting like 2,500 maybe. Yeah. Like 20K. A month or a week. Yeah. yeah. Like you, wow. Especially, I'm so sorry. You're totally right. Because at a Fairfield Inn, <laughs> like a Midtown Fairfield Inn, she would be paying minimum two oh nine a night, seven days a week for the entire six weeks. Mm-hmm. That's a chunk of change coming right out of that thirty k. Like, mm-hmm. I just I was like, you don't. It's not like we need <laughs> we need eight weeks minimum. <laughs> at, at most, you are getting fifteen thousand dollars, my dear. Like yeah. after taxes, and guess yeah. what? You're not going to see any of that on your tax refund. So I mean, and like the I've done this before. It's not great. Like you sort of use the money you need, and then you worry about the tax man later. But like, like yeah. Oh yeah, she. You know how fucked she would have been. Oh my god. If she when the ta- when when if this had, like if she if, if mm-hmm. I would uh, boy she would have been struggling didn't turn out when, the way they did yeah because yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know yeah she would have spent all that money well maybe not okay so in theory in reality she would have bought in to factory and then started making money from factory so she may have been okay when ta- the tax man came yeah. for his due yeah anyway sorry everyone that was tax times with Melody and Sabrina knowledgeable. We're big girls. About things. Uh-huh. We know how that. taxes work. Oh, yeah. Except I've already said live on podcasts. I don't know how they work. I, I just know I owe I, them. I, I, and other people mm-hmm, tell me how I, much I owe. And 1,000%, <laughs> I probably fuck them up in favor of the IRS. Every year. time. Every <laughs> time. Like, if I ever get audited no. by the IRS, they're going to be like, don't call her. Don't. Because we owe her money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so now, anyway. then, now she's like, oh, my God, Sebastian did this. I can't mm-hmm. believe that he did this. And now they're choosing me. I was, I was so mad because I knew that yeah. he'd done the opposite. I know. I know. And, like, at the very end, like, near the end, when she find out, finds out that it actually wasn't Sebastian and he wasn't lying to her. Because he flat out is like, I had nothing to do with this. Um. She says she feels like a little bit left da- let down, and I understand that. But like, how would she have felt if she knew he had like it was a pity, like or an apology? No, I'm saying how would she feel if she knew that Sebastian like kind of low key tried to torpedo it for her? Like, shit. Yeah. Yeah. No shit. Were you okay? So I do have to ask. Did yeah. you Sherlock Holmes who called for her? I didn't. I didn't either. I had no. no fucking idea. I also didn't really worry about it too much. I was like, somebody saw her on I, YouTube. I don't know. I thought about it constantly. Did you? <laughs> I, was, I was like, who the fuck called for her? For the record, I love who did. Love mm-hmm. that. Same. That was a so, twisteroo. This was such a small scene, but I do have to bring it up because it was mm-hmm. fucking incredible. Jordan... When she gets up there, because she goes up the next day, yeah. Jordan gives her a very important lesson in contracts. And partially I want to bring it up because, listener, read your fucking contracts. Yeah. He hands her a contract and explains everything that's in it. And then she just picks up a pen and she's like, okay, where do I sign? And he's like, never fucking do that 
ever again. And she's like, do what? And he's Mm -hmm. like, sign anything without reading it front to back. And she's like, what are you talking about? He was like, this contract is from a lighting company that I contracted with last year. And Uh she's like, oh. Yeah. And then she's like, she's like, oh, well, you you know, you seem legit. And he's like, the prettiest snakes are often the most dangerous. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she's there and like immediately they go to Lily's house because the band is having like an impromptu get together. Lily mm. has made chicken and dumplings. I can I tell you one of the most beautiful things in the whole world? Yeah. I'm super busy over the next month, right? Like yeah, I literally am struggling to find time to do things anything that yeah. are necessary to live, right? Part of me feels a little bit like I have to like schedule pee times you know what I mean yeah (laughs) one of my friends the friend who came and took care of me yeah during a concussion Mm -hmm. in the middle of the night we were talking last night I was talking because I was like I'm just not gonna be able to do anything with you for basically all of February unfortunately because I'm just balls to the wall slam busy Mm -hmm. and she said that she's gonna make me some food to make sure that I eat while like I'm Like a casserole busy. style food? And so she's gonna make chicken and dumplings and bring me some! And that oh was after God. reading this and thinking to myself how much I want chicken and dumplings. And then she was like how do you like chicken and dumplings? And I was yeah. like Madam! Stop talking dirty to me. I know! <laughs> I've never Aww. been more hungry, like hung- hungered so on. Yeah, no. that's so sweet. Oh God, I'm so Just glad you get found. Reiterate her and everybody get else. A com- get a community, my friend. If you yeah. are lonely, find people. Like it's gonna take. It might take a while, but when you finally find them, it's gonna be so fucking worth it. Yeah. Like yeah. oh God. Anyway, so they end up kind of doing like a little half practice and like getting the and vibe. Candy of comes and she says, "I'm gonna oh, help God. you." Uh, fucking learn she does because she can't keep her thumb out of the pie well and she wants to stay relevant to the band yes you know and so there's a moment when they're talking about women in the music industry and like how people like need you to stay in your lane or whatever and candy pipes in to be like yeah stay in your lane and she's like oh i feel like that's less a commentary on the conversation and a little bit more a message directly for me <laughs> like oh no so i do want to say and i know that you're gonna be like no fuck candy in every single way possible How but i'm going you? to say <laughs> i am going to say i'm this is dark lover all over again Ooh. so or you just hate this thing and i'm like <laughs> well hang on <laughs> the only difference is that i read that in 2024 instead of 2007 mm, totally or read th- th- anyway whatever you get the point I loved that Candy never did anything that was actively sabotaging to Tony. Oh, I'm with you. I was shocked. I was too, because I even made a note way earlier. I was like, I do not, like, I'm so concerned that Tony's going to, or Candy's just going to sabotage the shit out of Tony. Yeah. I love that all of Candy's sabotage is basically To to herself. And yeah. the, cause like 
that's what that that's who that person that is how that would go with a person like that right do you, like struggling in that way yeah well like just candy is a person she's not malicious that's the thing is she's not evil she's not malicious she's just no fucking she's just a mess and very oh, entitled God. and it's yes it's not great um one thing mm-hmm. i will say is that I was shocked about this simply because she is so manipulative on the page several different times. Yeah. And I thought mm-hmm. that she, she would even says try it out loud. Yeah. I thought that she would either try to sabotage Tony with the band or at the very least try to sabotage Tony with Sebastian. And she didn't do either of those she things. She does. Not she really. She does try to sabotage Tony with Sebastian. No. She just at like the, at the taco place. She just clings to him. She doesn't like go to Tony and tell her like fucked up stories. Oh, okay. You I know? guess that's accurate. But like, like she doesn't do any of that. She, knew, she she did know what she was doing. Of course. In that instance. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, but it, yeah. it just didn't come across as like I don't know, aggressive. Yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah. know, it wasn't yeah. No, I would agree with you. That's the thing. Okay, so that is the thing that Again, I know I've said this a couple of different times, but just another facet of this mm-hmm. diamond mm-hmm. that is the girl <laughs> with stars in her eyes. All of these characters, there's no black and white, except for I can think of one character that there's a black and white. Is it Kayla? Because she's awesome? No. Black and no. white, he is evil. And it's Andre. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, oh. like, all of these characters, all of these they are not characters. These are people yeah. that we have just been dropped into their life. Like, I love character development. I love a person that feels like a like a character that feels like a person. Mm-hmm. But it's been a while since I read something that was so viscerally. Mm. I know this exact. Like, I've met this person. The good, the bad, and the ugly about mm-hmm. this person. Like, none of these people are perfect. None of these people are perfect. No. Except Tiff and Kayla. Yeah, and even they're kind of shitty to each other sometimes in like exactly. the most sisterly way. Like, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, oh, I agree. Zio. Oh. Yeah. So after they have this whole like they eat together, they talk together. She notices that Lily is very remote, mm-hmm. like she's a little bit cold, and. Mm-hmm. When she looks at Tony, she doesn't really want, like, when they're jamming, she doesn't look at her. She looks at her hands specifically, like, how Mm -hmm. she's playing the guitar the whole time. Mm -hmm. And she and Candy, like, actually, you know, Candy does, like, coach her through a few things and show her, you know, different chord progressions that she couldn't get by ear. Like, the two (laughs) that she couldn't get Mm -hmm. by just listening to the music. Oh, my God. How dare she? I know, right? And then Seb shows up and Jordan asks him to drive Tony home because he wants to go on a date. He is the most adorable bisexual he's, British man. Uh, he's so this cute. Was the, I, I'm so fucking delighted. Uh-huh. I want, I want, I want his novella too. I would love quick. a novella. I have another, I have another little request for you. Yes, Just please. throwing it out there. <laughs> so Sebastian says Yes. Yeah, <laughs> because he's like, I get her alone in the car and I get to finally be alone with her and talk to her. Right. Of course, Candy's also coming now. She's also getting a ride. 
he uh-huh. drops candy off first because <laughs> frankly it makes more sense but yeah. also <laughs> because he doesn't want to be alone with candy I need candy. to be alone <laughs> I don't want to be. And like, apparently the whole time that he's driving them home, Candy's like, I don't understand why you're going this way. Like, it makes sense to drop her off first and me after. And he's like, nah, not when you look at it from this very specific perspective where I want to be alone with her Mm -hmm. and not you. (laughs) (laughs) And then after they drop her off, he's like, are you going to get in the front seat? And she's like, oh, yes, please read it, read it, read it, read it, read it, read it, read it. It's so funny. He checked the rear view again, perplexed. (laughs) Are you going to move up here? Tony met his eyes in the mirror. Wasn't planning on it. (laughs) Seb sighed and turned around to face her. Really? (laughs) She looked pointedly out the window. I'm comfortable here. (laughs) (laughs) And he finally does convince her to get in the front seat. So he's not just straight up chauffeuring (laughs) her around. (laughs) But as they're driving... She's like, can you drive and talk? Because, like, I'm, I'm exhausted. And he's like, no, I actually uh-huh. can't. And then he does try. And then they're very quiet. And she keeps on looking over at him. And finally, after a couple of very awkward minutes, because he's, P.S., now he's taking the scenic route to her hotel, which is, like, <laughs> fucking rude. But he has a captive audience. So she is looking over at him. And finally, he's like, what? And she says, you orchestrated this thing where you could get me alone to talk to me and you're not saying much. And he's like, I know I don't know how to make words. I'm, I'm, I'm early in the book, Sebastian. I haven't learned. I wish you could have just seen Uh, (laughs) Oh no, I don't have the emotional capacity to, (laughs) to communicate all the feelings I'm feeling. I'm drowning in my feelings, he says. This is all quote. This is word for word. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, I basically narrated this audiobook. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I was Sebastian in the audiobook. (laughs) Yeah. So that's it, listener. He drops her off at the hotel. He does say, "I'm sorry." Right? He says, "I'm so damn Uh sorry." Also, he starts to tell her, but then he can't bring himself to actually say why he left or any Mm -hmm. of that which is like he knows he has to tell her in order to adequately apologize Mm -hmm. but he can't get it out and this is when I started to get the feeling something really bad happened like yeah something I already catastrophic happened that night because he keeps on saying I had to get away that night yeah but then we don't find out about it, and we fully get blue balls about it. And, Wait, um, and then guess what, I'm, listener? I have oh. a question. I think this is when she says, like, so he says, I'm so damn sorry. She says, for what? And he says, for leaving, for not, you know, coming back, for, you know, all the things. And then I think she asks him, why did you only take half the money? Or is that later? I think it's now. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, she says, right why now. did you only take half the money? Like, you put two-thirds of it in you could have taken that you could have taken Mm -hmm. all of it and he says well I couldn't leave you with nothing and then she says Mm -hmm. but you did Seb you did leave me with nothing and then she gets out of the car and fucking mic drops and just like Mm -hmm. catch my farts into that Fairfield Inn and (sighs) guess what listener catch our farts catch our farts we gotta go that's the end of this episode (laughs) 
Hey, Sabrina, what's your lady love? <sighs> My lady love is go to the fucking doctor. Ooh. <laughs> if you think that there's something up, even if you think you know what the problem is. Right. Go to the fucking doctor. Because mm-hmm. I thought I knew what the problem was. And boy, howdy. She did. I was wrong as fuck. And yeah. guess what? Your doctor can help you. And on top of that, if the doctor does not listen to you, this is just advice from the last couple of years of my of my life. Mm-hmm. If the doctor either doesn't listen to you or can't help you, fucking get a recommendation somewhere else or find someone new. Like, totally. do not if if you need medical care and you and this is a very privileged thing that I'm saying right now. Like, I'm a, I'm aware of that, right? Like, I have. Right good health insurance. So like mm-hmm. I'm I'm very lucky. But it it is if you especially if you have that take advantage of it. Yeah. Fucking keep pushing until somebody until they take care of you to the point where you are like adequately satisfied, right? Until there's a solution to whatever right. it is. Anyway, mm-hmm. so that's my lady love. Um don't take shit from doctors and also go to the doctor. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I love that. Okay, mine is an Instagram account, and it's at a gardening. Shut your whore mouth. <laughs> That's a yes. Is it plant poppy again? I think I doth protest too much. No, it's about oh, okay. outdoor flowers this time. Okay. 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 Thank you so much. It's not a house plant account. It's an outdoor gardening account. Thank you. The reason I remember the name of that Instagram <laughs> account, Plant Poppy, mm-hmm. is because every single time Plant Poppy does a fucking live mm-hmm. of all of it the Instagrams that we, you and I follow together <laughs> on the Heaving Bosoms account. That Heaving Bosoms I follows a, for no reason. <laughs> that I, I get a notification to my phone. It is not on Instagram that no. it lets me know. I get a full on it. It's like, hey, Plant Poppy's live right now. And I'm like. That's so weird because so many accounts I follow go live. It's so weird that that's the only one. I know. <laughs> I bet she gets accounts when the the plant crystal account I follow also goes live. <laughs> they go live Shut a lot. Shut the fuck up. Listen. Phone, don't listen. Phone, don't listen. <laughs> my Instagram account recommendation today, my lady love, is at microflower farm. She is a one lady show, allegedly, in Washington, where she turned her like sort of, she turned one and a half acres into a profitable flower farm. And what she grows for the most part is dahlias and ranunculus and a bunch of other beautiful shit. And like, even if you're not that interested in actual gardening, the account is just happy making. It's just gorgeous. Like it's a hit of beauty whenever something that she posts comes up. And uh, I remembered why I'm obsessed with dahlias. And I like ranunculus also wouldn't go amiss. I... So anyway, at Microflower Farm, it's a it's a big inspire. It's a huge beauty. And I suggest that people are follow it if they want. That's my lady love. Or if you have a co-host who forces you to follow it because yeah. the podcast does, in fact, follow it on Instagram. Yeah. Why don't you follow it from a joint account? 
That's what you should do. Is, yeah, force all all of the people that you share an account with to follow it as well. <laughs> yeah. All right. All Keep right. Being listener. a badass. And love and yourself love as yourself. much as you love. As mm-hmm. you much as you love shut up, Melody. As much as you love forcing your friends into <laughs> your interests and hobbies. <laughs> You know what? Keep being a badass and love yourself as much as you love that town that my rogue tampon founded. <laughs> oh my god! What do you think that ta- that tampon town is named? <laughs> Tampontopia. Like... Tamtopia. <laughs> uh, this is an official call from heaving bosoms. Um, you can reach us at heavingbosomspodcast at gmail.com. We would really appra- appreciate um, fan art of Tantopia. Um, yeah. Th- please and thank you. <laughs> Just we love you so much. Out on its, out, <laughs> it's, its best life. It's really doing the Lord's work out there, I think. Cool. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, bye. Tantopia. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Heaving Bosoms is produced by us, Melody Carlisle and Sabrina Bradley. Editing is done by Melody Carlisle. Our theme music is by the incredible singer-songwriter Brittany Fonts, and our art is by ultra-talented author Kate Pryor. If you like our show, remember to follow us on your favorite podcast app, rate us five stars, leave a nice review, and of course, tell all your friends about us, even if they don't read romance. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at heavingbosomspodcast at gmail.com. If you want more of us, visit patreon.com slash heavingbosomspodcast. You can also find us on Instagram at heavingbosoms, on TikTok at heaving underscore bosoms, and in our Facebook group, the Heaving Bosoms Geriatric Friendship Cult. Head over to our website to sign up for our newsletter, get our reading embrace printable, and check out my audiobooks at heavingbosoms.com. All right, we'll be back next week with more swoons and snark. See you then. Ooh.